0: sure his love you can Pretend the things of this world have brought them peace of mind, but with the dawn of each new day, new thrills they try to find. Not until they meet the Prince of Peace can they ever hold. Jesus is still the answer for a world that's seeking for peace. Jesus is still the answer and though time and age
1: Amen. That's a good song to kick the new year off with. Amen. It's always good. I'm not sure if this is going to work or not. Is it going to work? Just the arrows or the space space bars. Okay. All right. We're going to try something new today. I'm high tech. Yeah. So I'm going to be seeing what you're seeing, but I get to see it here, so I don't have to keep going. All right. That'll be good. Well, I think about, uh, you know, what we call vision night and, uh, you know, I I can't help but go back to Joseph, you know, and you think about old Joseph and he's having dreams and he's seeing things that are going to happen. He's kind of been given some insight and understanding as to what to look forward to and what uh, he can anticipate. And when we think about our vision night, that's basically what we're doing. We're looking at it and we're saying, now here's some of our dreams, here's some things that we want to see happen. And again, primarily tonight we want to unveil our theme and kind of give some direction as to where we want to go with that theme, but uh, some of the details obviously will be worked out through the year, but we are excited about what God's going to have for us in 2020, and boy, I tell you, I'm looking forward to it, and I think the theme, I believe the theme is going to be something that will uh, encourage not only our church, excuse me, but ultimately make an impact and a difference in our community and I think that's important. And um, it's, uh, you're going to find that the theme's nothing that's, uh, I mean, it's, it, last year's theme was unusual, right? I mean, it was, it was kind of different than normal, you know? Um, do the simple well. That's probably not something you're going to find in a phrase in the Bible or anything like that. But this theme this year it does kind of coincide, goes a little bit more closely with that. But let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our vision night. We're going to go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then I'm going to share some things with you and kind of take you through this presentation I've put together and see if we can't be encouraged and look forward to what's coming in the new year. Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray that, Lord, whatever we say and do tonight, as well as throughout this year, will honor you. Lord, as I think about the theme, I know, Father, that if we'll apply it and we'll truly uh, get on board with it, it'll certainly please you, it'll honor you. And, Lord, we can look forward to many blessings as a result. Father, help us, Lord, to kind of get back to the basics and to understand, Lord, uh, how imperative and important it is to do, as we said, the simple well, even. So, Lord, guide us and help us tonight. May you be glorified and may the people of God be encouraged and may we look forward to what you have in store for us. In Christ's name, amen. So, Vision Night 2020, first of all... Some memorable events from last year. Of course, we had our 25th anniversary, and that went like, I mean, that was unbelievable. Uh, For me, especially, it was unbelievable. But even as a church, I mean, just to see the speakers that we had and to just the wonderful services that we had as a result, uh, to have uh, our men's conference, and then we went right into that 25th anniversary, boy, I'll tell you what, that was impactful, and that was powerful, and uh, that was a blessing. And then we had our spring revival. And of course, our spring revival included Brother Moon. I mean, he did a fabulous job. And, uh, excuse me, I always like Brother Moon. I appreciate his energy, and boy, he's just down to earth and uh, just very basic and fundamental. And uh, we're looking forward to him coming back again this year. Somebody said, well, we've had him a few years in a row. I've known pastors that have had the same preachers in year after year after year. As long as God's using them, why not have them back? If it's not broke, don't fix it, you know? Not that we don't want to have other speakers in, and we trust that we will along the way, but I'm looking forward to having Brother Moon. Now, he hasn't given me any confirmation on dates, but I've given him three dates, so hopefully here we'll have a date here by the end of this week. Now, Pass-outs, we did our pass-outs again this year, and boy, we had some good response on our pass-outs. Uh, we had a great number of folks that came out, worked hard, and we got a lot of flyers out, we got a lot of tracks out, we have got a lot of things done on our pass-outs in conjunction with our big days. That was encouraging. I mean, we had our soul winning throughout the year and every week and on Tuesdays and Saturdays and all of those things, but on top of that, we did these pass-outs, and that was, an, that was a blessing, and we saw a lot accomplished through those. Then our Vacation Bible School, every year that's a highlight for our church, and uh, we look forward to that again this year. We do that early on in the year, in the month of June, and uh, we get right into it, and boy, things get kicked off good for the summer, and uh, that turned out very well last year. Then our Ladies Advance, boy, the Ladies Advance went very well, from what I understand. I've gotten some positive feedback, and that's good, and so anytime we can get our ladies together, they can have a good time, that's always a blessing. And uh, it seems like every year they do. And so, ladies, I, I trust that you did have a good time, but it seems like one of the highlights to me because in my home, that's all we talk about. It's all we think about for about two months. And, uh, <clears throat> well, make it a month and a half. Not, that's not realistic, but about a month and a half. And so <clears throat> some people, you know, like me, my wife will say, well, you know what, you're, you're one of those guys, you could just, you know, wake up in the morning and have a little message ready to go and stand up there and do it. I don't work that way. And my wife spends hours and hours and hours, days and days and weeks and weeks, and she gets things ready, okay? And uh, I think the ladies' advance always is a tremendous success. It seems like it from, like I say, the response I get. Now, the Missions Conference. Again, we had a great Missions Conference again this year. We had a wonderful one the year before. We had a great one again this year. And God blessed us with just a tremendous uh, outpouring of generosity as well as just really some great services. And, uh, boy, the format this year was a little bit unusual. It was a little different. But, boy, it turned out very well. And then our Christmas performances. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed those. Matter of fact, we had a number of bus parents that came as a result of the bus children performing on one of the Sundays. And that was exciting. And uh, I always enjoy that, look forward to it. And we had some fun. You know, there was a couple of the kids that were break dancing for us on the front row. And that was kind of fun. And I enjoy that. You know, that, that stuff's okay with me. <clears throat> I don't mind that. I, I, still, I still, my favorites are when the kids put their hands over their eyes and face or when the girls pull their dresses up over their heads. Those are the ones that really get parents going, you know what I'm saying? It's got to put your hands down or put your dress down, either one. It's, it's just crazy, but you know, you, you, just, you never know what you're going to get with the kids up front, you know? <clears throat> but those turned out great. So we had some goals this past year, some things we wanted to accomplish. We wanted to complete our renovation upstairs, which, of which we did, and of course we've been utilizing that. Uh, very effectively over this last year and I think everyone and anyone that's ever been up there will say wow what a beautiful beautiful facility we have and boy what flexibility we have with it as a result of those removable walls and then, of course, we wanted to finish the downstairs uh, later in the year. We did not finish the downstairs. That's something we're going to accomplish here in the early part of this year. But we, were, uh, well, we look forward to getting that done as well. Then we want to move our buses from the afternoon to the mornings. That was one of our goals last year. And, of course, we saw that accomplished. And now we of course, running our buses simultaneously with our Sunday schools in the mornings. <clears throat> the breakdown of our adult classes was something that we had looked forward to. Of course, it took to the first uh, week of January. We'd hoped to get that done in September, but uh, it, we moved it back a few months, and uh, boy, here we are now. We've expanded our singles ministry. We've added some couples classes, and I think that we're on, the, the, on track to really see God do some, give us some growth in those classes, not just physically, but spiritually as well. And then also, I think that uh, I really would like to see even more adult classes beginning and splitting that up even more along the way as, we, uh, f- as God opens up doors for that. <clears throat> So what about our theme then? We start thinking about the theme, and we say, well, what's our theme this year? Last year, of course, do the simple well, and, and uh, this year, what, what's our theme? Well, I'm glad you asked. This fellow here, he's extremely intense. He's focused, and he's thinking, what about the theme? And you know, that's, I know that's where everybody's at tonight, and so let's get started. John chapter 15, over there in John chapter 15, the Bible says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. For without me, ye can do nothing. Ye can do nothing. Now, that's not the theme, by the way. Ye can do nothing. But nonetheless, nonetheless, John chapter 15, all right, is where we want to look in these particular verses. And I want to break down verse 5 just a little bit because we're going to find that it's kind of a catalyst or or a springboard into our, our theme, if you will. So, as we take that, we consider that first portion. It says, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. Now, I want you to note the practical picture that this is. Man, what a simple picture God gives us. Isn't it interesting how the Lord Jesus Christ will use pictures to teach us? Sometimes we get uh, kind of complicated in how we present. How we, present. we like to... Uh, you know, uh, stand up and lecture. But in reality, there's probably no better way to teach than using illustrations and using hands-on methods. I mean, the Lord Jesus himself often used pictures, if you will. And in painting the picture, he got a principle across. And in this particular case, we have this practical picture of a vine and branches. Now, the vine was one of three trees that symbolized the nation of Israel. And we find here that a vine, uh, this word vine is used for Israel as an Old Testament or should I say in the Old Testament as a nation. When you see that vine, it represents Israel in the Old Testament. When you see the fig tree, it's going to represent Israel in this present age. And when you see the olive tree, it's going to uh, represent Israel after the rapture and on into the millennium. And so you see how God uses these different trees to represent his nation, his people, and how he uses it even in different times uh, in history. Now, God had taken the nation of Israel, uh, uh, you know, from Egypt. He had removed them from Egypt. We know that they grew there in Egypt, that they had uh, found themselves enslaved in Egypt, but God now removes them from Egypt. He takes them all the way across the desert. He plants them in the promised land, and then he begins to hedge them about, and he entrusts, a, I mean, this is interesting. He entrusts them divinely appointed leaders. What that means is, is that he gave them men of God to lead and to guide the nation. Now, unfortunately, when he did this, I mean, he had prepared them to grow. He prepared them for fruitfulness. He prepared them to succeed. But unfortunately, the national leaders rejected those leaders that God had sent, and they even killed them in some cases. We're going to see even in the book of Revelation down the road that God's going to bring judgment because of the blood that was shed on those that he sent to try to warn them. We notice, we know even that God even sent his son Jesus Christ who they even uh, chose to reject and even planned to murder. And so as we read in John chapter 15, these leaders are preparing to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. They're plotting and scheming to do away with Jesus. So the result, what, what was the result of that? Well, God's wrath was on the leaders of that nation and even on the nation in general. And so God's going to bring wrath upon them. And because Israel was the custodian, if you will, of God's purpose on earth, he, they, they cared for the things of God. They were, even had the oracles of God. And because they themselves were unfruitful because they didn't follow through and accomplish what God had intended them to do, then God removed the kingdom of God for them. And what did he do? He invested it elsewhere. Where's that? The local church. See, it's not that the local church has replaced Israel, but the local church has now been entrusted with a pers- uh, a, a purpose, a job to reach the world with the gospel. The Jews are now, unfortunately, availed they are they are very in darkness if you will they cannot see the truth at this point as a nation as individuals they can be saved as individuals they can just like you and i be a part of the the body of christ and ultimately spend their eternity with the lord jesus as part of the local as part of the church i should say but the fact is is that unfortunately uh, israel failed in its mission or purpose and god went ahead and said okay i'm going to move on and now the church is going to be entrusted with this mission. Now the passage, therefore, doctrinally deals with Israel then. When you look at John chapter 15, you have to be real careful because if, if, you, if you're not careful, what you're going to do is you're going to start to try to apply it to us as individual believers. The problem with that is as you read this passage, you're going to see that it kind of implies that somehow, some way, you can fall away. Well, if, if, if it's true that you and I can fall away, then... It's not true that we are saved forever. If if indeed we could fall away from Christ in the sense of fall away and lose salvation, then of course eternal salvation would not be available to us. That wouldn't be the case. That's not the case. In order to understand the Word of God, in order to ultimately apply it properly, you have to divide it properly. And in this particular case, we're dealing in the book of John, chapter 15. Jesus Christ is still alive. The New Testament hasn't even begun, according to Hebrews chapter 9. And the fact is, is that now we have a nation, Israel, who's rejecting the Savior. And the Savior now is going to turn to the church. But this passage in chapter 15 falls into the the guise of Old Testament, if you will, still. And so it's a dealing with Israel as a nation, And Israel as a nation did indeed fall away from God. Even with that said, we can't dismiss the passage or pretend somehow that it doesn't apply to us in some way. Because it does. The writer being John is very, very important. See, it should clue us into the fact that the passage is applicable to you and I. Why? Because Paul was the apostle to the Gentile. Peter was the apostle to the Jews and John always represents the church in some way. Even though this is passage is set in Old Testament, even though it addresses doctrinally the nation of Israel, it applies application, the application, a spiritual application is to us. We can apply it to us as a church as, as individuals even. But we have to do it cautiously. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He's talking specifically and doctrinally about Israel. However, you and I, because it's written by John and he always represents the church in some way, know that it's going to apply to us as believers and as a ministry and a church. We too can look at that passage and say, I am, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And we can do that and we can do it justly. It's not taking it and, 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 and somehow misapplying the truth. That's not the case at all. Remember, every passage of Scripture has three applications. A doctrinal application, a historical application, and an inspirational application. In the doctrinal, it has to do with, if you will, prophetically. This is dealing with Israel. Historically, it's dealing with Israel there as well. But in application, it's dealing with us. And we understand that and we know that. So when we come to John chapter 15 and we read, I am the vine, ye are the branches. We look at that and we say, you know what? What a beautiful picture of us and our Savior. It's a beautiful picture. A wonderful picture. He goes on to say, He that abideth in me and I in him. He that abideth in me and I in him. Once again, a portion of chapter uh, 15, verse 5. Again, we we already noted this, this picture, but notice now the perfect place. I like this. He that abideth in me and I in him. To abide means to rest or to dwell. We can look at Genesis 29, 19, we'll not take the time to do so, but we could. And we would find that to be the case, to continue permanently or in the same state, to be firm and unmovable or immovable. We see that in Psalm 119, verse 90. The fact is, is that to abide is very a simple thought, and it's a simple picture again. To rest, to dwell, to permanently abide in or to be in in, in continual, in you know, Uh, relationship and and functionality with the Lord. It says in Psalm 91.1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, I'll tell you what, what a perfect place to be. We often call that the secret place. A place where you meet with God, a place where only you interact with the Savior. It's one thing to meet with your family and to have family devotions, It's one thing to come to church and sit in a classroom and discuss the Word of God. It's one thing to sit in a seat and hear the preacher preach the gospel or the Word of God. It's another thing for you and I to enter into the very presence of God and to receive from Him what He alone can give us and what only we can receive of Him. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Not only that, but notice he goes on to say, the same bringeth forth much fruit. So we have this element here where uh, he, he says to us, you know what, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. If we will abide in Christ... If we will allow ourselves, as the passage said earlier, or as the, the, the definition says, to rest or to dwell or to continue permanently or in the same state, to be firm and immovable when it comes to Christ, then we're going to see that we're going to bring forth much fruit. Well, I don't know about you, but that's what the church ought to be doing. Matter of fact, that's what you ought to be doing. That's what I ought to be doing. Matter of fact, that should be what everybody wants to do is to be successful and to be fruitful in whatever, they, uh, whatever direction and whatever they tr- seek to accomplish. So note the promised production here. Again, when we rest in Christ, continue permanently in his presence, man, we are bound to bring forth much fruit. Now again, the place of the branch is in the vine. But we can never forget that. You sever the branch from the vine and guess what? The vine dies. It's as simple as it is. A vine is lifeless, it's useless, and it's fruitless unless it is somehow abiding in the vine, connected to... And I asked the question, how vital is it that believers are attached to the vine? Well, it's pretty vital then, isn't it? Pretty vital indeed. Have you ever uh, heard statements like, boy, the church is dead today? Things today, churches there are churches that are dead today. You go in them and they're cold as ice. Why would that be? Maybe could it be because the church is no more than the, 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 the uh, what's the, uh, the product of its sum, if you will, that the people of God represent every individual is, is a piece and a part of that local assembly. And if they are dead, it is dead. May I say that the, the, the reason why our churches are dying is because individual believers are dying on the vine. Is we're not connected to, because we're not, um, we're not abiding in like we ought to. Boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I don't want Community Baptist Temple to become a mausoleum. I don't want that to be the case at all. And I don't believe you do, obviously. We want it to be thriving. We want it to be alive. We want it to be alive with the presence of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, he goes on to say, guess what, if you are abiding in me, you're going to be bring forth much fruit. Why? For without me you can do nothing. Again, note the powerful principle that we learned then. There can be no question about it. When the branch ceases to abide, when it ceases to abide with or remain connected to the vine. When the branch ceases to be connected to, to abide in the vine. Now keep that, don't lose that. There is no hope of life or fruitfulness. I mean no hope. <clears throat> Apart from the vine, Jesus Christ, there's no spiritual life. There's no spiritual fruit. There is nothing. Now, that's what the Bible says. For without me, the vine, ye branches can do a little. It doesn't say that. It says ye can do Nothing. Nothing. <clears throat> Nothing means not anything. Not anything. Not any being or existence. A word that denies the existence of anything. Nothing. See, look at these two fellas here. Uh, One fella, I would assume that they're, well, they look like buddies to me. I don't know. Maybe one's a guy and a girl you never know anymore these days. So we don't know. But nonetheless, here they are. There, They're looking around the corner. They're looking around the corner. What do they see? Nothing. You know what they're looking at? A church. You know what they're looking at? A Christian. They're looking at someone that's not abiding in the vine. A branch that's not abiding in the vine. That's what they're looking at. Nothing. You can't accomplish anything, neither can I. I can do nothing, nothing, nothing unless I'm abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ, the vine. That's what the passage is teaching us. That's what the emphasis is. You can do nothing. Boy, I like the fact that there he is saying, you know what? I'm the vine. You're the branches. You abide in me and I abide in you. Man, I'll tell you what, you're going to bring forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Paul the apostle, he understood this principle and he responded accordingly. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, he said not that, he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, our sufficiency is of God. What he's saying is, is that in and of ourselves, we have no ability to accomplish anything. If we are sufficient, if we are capable, if we are able in any way, it's all because of him. And may I say that is reality today in our lives. Now, we have lost sight of this. It's so important to realize this. And, and you know what? We, we can deceive ourselves and we can convince ourselves that we're so spiritual and so connected to God. But the reality is, is that our powerlessness often is a proof that we are not abiding in the power source, Jesus Christ. The fact that our prayers aren't answered the way we'd like them to be or are not often answered at all is proof positive that we're not so abiding or so close and connected to the vine as we'd like to believe. The fact that our ministries are not the way we intend them to be or the way God would like them to be is proof positive that once again we're not nearly as connected, we're not nearly as joint with the vine as we'd like to believe ourselves to be. I think it's time that we as individual Christians are honest with ourselves and acknowledge and recognize how little time we spend with Him in relationship to everything else. I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. So, wait, wait, there's more. Bugs Bunny assures us of this. In John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8 now, just a few verses down, he goes on to say, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. It's interesting because earlier on in the passage, we're abiding in Christ. And in that abiding, we're going to be extremely fruitful is what we see. correct? He's adding another little twist to it. He's saying, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. It seems to me then that our prayer life is connected somehow in our abiding that it's impossible to abide with Christ unless we are engaged in prayer. It just seems that way to me. And unless we are engaged in prayer consistently and faithfully, we are going to lack fruit, the fruit that God intended for us and desires of us. Notice, so shall ye be my disciples, my followers. So with this in mind, now see, she's deep in thought now earlier our, our our fellow was trying to figure out the theme if he had only come to our service he would know it <clears throat> she says hey what, what what is this year's theme anyway good question let's pray for without me ye can do nothing let's pray that's the theme this year 2020 is simple let's pray Why? For without me, ye can do nothing. You know, we spend a lot of time planning and preparing and readying the ministry, trying to get everything in order and do it just in a certain way so that we can pull off the, uh, you know, uh, make it successful. But the truth is, is that if we neglect this area of prayer, we can do nothing. Boy, what a better theme than that for 2020, kicking off a new uh, decade then to let's pray. let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's get to line. Let's go ahead and truly set ourselves up for some realfulness. Let's pray. For without me, ye can do nothing. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use—men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men. Men of prayer. Five considerations concerning our theme, then. There are some things we need to keep in mind. The, the, The theme being, let's pray. I think biblically we can certainly... Uh, lean on the scriptures and say, I think uh, that's that's pretty biblical. It's pretty scriptural. Let's pray. Practically speaking, five considerations concerning our theme though. One, it creates a culture of dependence upon God. There is no doubt that we could say that's putting the cart before the horse. But I do believe that when we do the right things, it'll provide us with the right spirit and attitude. Um, Let me think, I'm trying to think, uh, chapter 16, verse 20, it says, um, I was going to give you another verse, I thought I had it memorized in my head, I just lost it, but nonetheless, I want you to understand, and I do believe without a doubt, that if we will pray more, we will find ourselves more dependent on Him. I just believe we will. Now, if we're not dependent on the Lord, guess what we won't be doing? Praying. I think that sometimes, again, we have deceived ourselves and we've tried to convince ourselves of things that aren't true. We'll say things like, man, I really, really need the Lord. How much have you prayed lately? Well, I've been kind of busy. You definitely need the Lord. So do I. But how desperate are you for Him? If we're not truly dependent on Him, we probably won't be praying at all, or very little indeed. I think it's a reflection, a, a, a lack of a prayer life is a reflection of a failure to depend on God. It's a reality of life. And and so I think that this theme this year, I believe that it can create a, a culture of dependence upon God. It can try to maybe encourage us to be more dependent on the Lord as we, we put prayer as a priority in our life, we put it as a priority in our ministry, we put it as a priority in our homes. <clears throat> I believe that it can ultimately provide us a culture of dependence upon God. Not only that, but it cultivates a God-first mentality. If there's one thing that we want to get in the habit of doing as a believer, it's turning to God first, not after we've talked to everyone else. But I mean, no matter what happens in our lives, we ought to turn to Him first. Well, I do believe that this particular theme, let's pray, as we begin to try to implement it throughout the the ministry and, and, and in the homes of our, our, our family, church family, I think it can cultivate a God-first mentality. And I think that's a mentality that needs to truly take leadership in our lives. We need that to be the case. Not only that, but it concentrates on building good prayer habits. If I polled you today, all in the crowd, and I said, how many of you believe that your prayer life is exactly what it ought to be and that you've, you, you are, you're right where you want to be in your prayer life? don't please no hands because i think all of us would have to raise our hands and say boy i wish i was a better prayer warrior i wish i was more involved in prayer i wish i was more consistent i wish i was more disciplined i wish i'd like to be and i want to be and uh, all of those things but hold on a second <clears throat> you know that doesn't necessarily change anything does it i believe our theme can help us as a church as uh, families as individuals to concentrate on building good prayer habits As we implement some things in our ministry uh, here uh, to try to emphasize prayer, I think it will help every one of us to be, again, a God-first mentality, more dependent upon God, and uh, go a long ways to building good prayer habits. And then also, it opens the windows of heaven. We don't have to probably look too far in Scripture, I don't think. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be, what? Opened unto you. Boy, prayer opens the windows of heaven. It opens the windows of heaven. And you know what? That's what I I trust that our theme will do for us this year. Open the windows of heaven as we pray and as we beg God to meet with us. And finally, it catches God at work. Have you ever met somebody that just feels like God doesn't exist? You even meet believers that somehow say, well, you know, God... You know, he's not done anything really big for me, or, or they may not say that, but they kind of give the impression of that. You know what the problem is? Sometimes we're not praying like we ought to, therefore we never catch God doing anything. He says, ask and it shall be given you. He also says, he says, call, call on me. Um, he says, call unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's oh, see, that's not the one I'm thinking. What's Jeremiah 33, 3? I should know this by heart. It's our theme verse. Answer thee and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He says, "Call unto me, and I will shew thee great; my, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not." You need to think about that. That's a promise that God made. That's not me making the promise. That's God making the promise. By the way, God doesn't lie. <clears throat> so I believe if we pray, we'll catch God doing some things. Boy, I will tell you what. There's nothing more encouraging to the next generation to see God working, to actually watch Him do miracles. Too often we, we have allowed ourselves to neglect prayer, and our young people are not seeing evidence of God at work. I want them to see God at work this year in 2020 at Community Baptist Temple. <clears throat> our future's bright. And I used this last year, but I like it so much, I'm going to share it again. The future's as bright as the promises of God. Again, the Carey family had arrived in Burma 17 months after their marriage. And we're going to note here, as you read through that even, that they were just a young couple. Adoniram was 24, Anne was only 23. It wouldn't be but about 14 years after they had arrived in Burma that Judson had buried his wife Anne and all their children. But not only that, he would ultimately remarry a couple of times, and, and seven of his 13 children, along with many of his co-workers, would die there as well. He knew what heartache was. She knew what heartache was. But it would be while in a Burmese jail that Carrie would utter those famous words, the future is as bright as the promises of God. Although he endured, although he endured all that heartache and although he endured all that, that, that the difficulty and all those trials, he still could look up and say, listen, as long as I have a Bible, as long as I have God's Word on it, man, I'll tell you what, the future's bright. I don't know if I'd have felt the same way. I'd like to think I would. But you and I as believers, we can. As a matter of fact, no one has hope like we do. I mean, Matthew 28, 20 says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We don't have to go through life alone. We have Christ with us. I mean, He's the vine. We're the branches. We just need to lock in. Hebrews 13, 5, He says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I don't know about you, but I've done some things in my life that if he was anybody but God, he would have forsaken me. Thank God he hasn't, and he won't, nor will he ever. That's called hope, and we have hope as believers. So what's next? What's next then? Well, we want to finish our renovations. We want to move our Spanish ministry into this building we want to grow our adult bible classes we want to get serious about prayer in 2020 we want to God want to watch God work as a result of that prayer we want all those things that's what i want to see in 2020 it's not complicated it's not difficult Man, I, I want us to finish this completely. I want everything to be done and, 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 and complete. <clears throat> but also, like I say, I want to see God do a miracle. I want him to grow our ministry. I do want to see people come to Community Baptist Temple. I want to see the numbers grow because there's only... Listen, you do not reach people unless they are there to be reached. Now, we're going to go out and knock on the doors. But where's someone supposed to go if they get led to Christ? They need to come to a good, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist church. And here we are. Man, listen, we need to grow Community Baptist Temple because it's evidence of something God's doing in our community. It's evidence of what's taking place. You know what? I'm a little fed up to hear about the idea that God doesn't care about numbers. He wrote a whole book called Numbers. He does care because numbers represent souls. Now listen, I, 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 you've known me long enough. I don't run around here, and I, I don't, I don't go in every Sunday morning and look at the attendance and go, oh, a bad week, we were down twenty. Oh, a good week, we were up ten. Hey, that's not my emphasis, that's not my focus. Can I tell you, if for some reason we were down this week, in my mind we had a great week, we had started all those adult Bible classes, people were being taught the Word of God in Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, man, I'm going to tell you what, they got the Word of God, you didn't have to deviate a bit from that lesson, it was boom, gospel, Bible, right there it was, and you got it right in your face. Man, I mean, that's success if you ask me. Getting the Word of God without compromise. Boom, right there it is. Listen, Community Baptist Temple, if we keep up preaching and teaching the gospel the way we ought to, we're going to see God do miracles in lives. We've got to keep at it. We can't quit now. We've got to get better and better and better at it. When you get better at something, other part of it. <clears throat> so there's no limit to what God can do with us as, as a church as long as we pray. We need to start praying. So, oh man, I'm missing a slide here, it looks like. Yep, I'm missing one slide. Oh, well, I saved the slide. I was going to tell you what the, how we were going to work. Let me just tell you real quickly some things we're going to do. <clears throat> First of all, I want to, uh, uh, in the next, in the, this month, in the month of January, we're going to be putting out just a very basic, simple uh, prayer journal. And that prayer journal will be available to, to each and every person that wants it, and we'll make that available to you. And in that prayer journal, of course, it'll just be very basic. Prayers, answers to prayer, things like that, praise section, just different things like that. A reading schedule, if you're wanting to read through your Bible in a year, things like that. But it's just basic. Why? Because we want our minds to be focused on prayer. We want to keep everybody moving in that direction, and we want to see God at work, Truthfully, unless you write down what you're praying about, many times you'll forget down the road and you'll forget when God answers it. You won't recognize it as being answered, but if you write them down, you can go back and say, boom, there it is, there it is, there it is, especially if you'll consistently pray for it. It's amazing how God answers prayer. But then not only that, we want to incorporate the whole church. We want to bring uh, some big days that we have around here, a number of those big days. We want to include and incorporate the whole church family. We want to have some of those... um, Uh, prayer chains and things like that that will go through the night and throughout a week and someone praying at all times 24 hours a day, seven days a week up to the big event so that we know God's involved and we're not doing this on our own because without him we can do nothing. We want to include our uh, our classes, both adults and our Sunday schools, and incorporate them in prayer and utilize them so that throughout this year there's people praying on behalf of the ministry, people praying on behalf of the community on a regular, consistent basis, not just every once in a while, but consistently through the year. Let me think. There's something else that's pretty important. Oh, I also i looking forward to uh, providing our families with uh, a month. Twice this year, I want to provide our families with a, a family devotional. And I want to teach on de- family devotions. I want to try to get prayer in the home more. I want to try to get our homes and our families to where Christ is elevated in our homes. And again, many times people are a little bit intimidated by prayer. They're intimidated by family devotions. Even men sometimes find themselves, well, I wouldn't know what to say or what to do. Well, we're going to try to make it easier for you and get you kick-started so that you can continue to do that on your own. And so I want to try to emphasize that so that there's more prayer in the home even. So prayer in the home, prayer in the church, prayer in the Sunday schools, prayer in our individual lives. Just some things we want to try to accomplish through this year and focus on. So our theme song tonight, fellows. why don't you come? Here's our new theme song. They're going to sing it for us, and we'll hear it. Now, our choir may not be ready Wednesday night to do it, but we won't listen to the old theme song anymore. This is the only one we're going to have, okay? I assume it's called Let's Pray, right? Okay, good.
2: Let's pray, we serve a God that cares, we serve a God that's mighty, he is the one and only to wipe away all tears. Let's pray, we've seen what he can do, in the darkest hour, God's our greatest power,
1: want them to do that again, but I want to, um, I, I just want you to listen to those words again and maybe read them as we go. What a great song that is. What a great theme song. And I just like the way it rolls. I've been singing it all week. I heard it one time. It's already in my head, but uh, you listen to it one more time. Let's pray.
2: <clears throat> Let's pray. We serve a God that cares. God that's mighty, He is the one hand only to wipe away all tears. Let's pray we see what He can do in the darkest hour, the greatest power, He will get us through.
1: Let's all stand. Let's take just a few moments. Music plays. Father, we come to you. We thank Lord, Thank you, Lord, for just the simplicity of your word. We thank you for just the fact and the privilege that we have to come boldly to your throne of grace. We ask, Lord, that in 2020, as we consider this theme, let's pray, that we would implement it, we'd apply it, that we wouldn't simply do something with it. Now, bless us in 2020 as we pray, as we make it a point to put you First, as we connect to you, the vine, as we, the branches, abide in you through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Lord, may you be glorified. May you show yourself real in our behalf. May you do miracles that many shall see it in fear and trust in the Lord. We'll thank you in Christ's name, amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, the music plays. I don't know, maybe the Lord's speaking to your heart tonight about something, won't you come? Maybe there's a family member, a friend that you need to pray for as we enter into this new year, somebody that you are concerned about. You just need to pray. Maybe pray for your church, pray for your family, pray for your new class. squeeze in kids please step back if there's already filled up okay maybe praying for your marriage your family your children we need to pray this year let's pray The vine, we're the branches. We need to abide in Him. And in so doing, we will bear much fruit. For without Him, we can do nothing. We can't overcome sin. We can't get victory in our life. We can't have the kind of marriage that God intended. We can't have the family that God wants. Without Him, we can do nothing. We have to have Him. We've got to be connected. We've got to be abiding. As we prepare for the Lord's Supper, make sure that we've prayed and let the Lord know our heart is to do right, to be right. Oh, we're not perfect people, but our heart ought to be directed toward Him. As we take that communion, we're taking it Remembering his broken body and his precious shed blood, and saying, Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. You fellows, come on.